Hello, 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 and welcome to a new episode of our podcast, Puedo Aprender Inglés. Today, I bring you a very special guest. Hoy estoy muy emocionado porque les traigo una persona muy especial para esta entrevista. Se trata de Jaime López, el autor de Las Brisas del Brasil y El Hijo del Muerto. Hace un rato hicimos un episodio sobre su segundo libro, El Hijo del Muerto, y hoy tenemos la oportunidad de hablar directamente con el autor. Jaime no solamente es autor, sino también es un ingeniero que en el momento está trabajando en Europa. Es una conversación muy chévere porque vamos a hablar de temas de la vida, temas filosóficos, de su libro, de su perspectiva, porque Jaime habla varios idiomas, entonces nos tiene algunas sugerencias y algunos tips para aprender y no desistir en nuestro aprendizaje. It's a very cool interview. Es una entrevista maravillosa. Y aquí se las dejo sin hacerlos esperar mucho. So, without further ado, here we go with Mr. Jaime López. Ready to go. Mr. Jaime López, a uh, human being. <laughs> uh, I like to ask everybody how I should introduce them because I don't like to be narrowed down to just what I do for work because I feel like that's only a little bit of who I am. Yeah, um, most, most people know me as an English teacher, but, you know, I think I am a lot more things more complicated than that. So... Uh, human being, but also author, also software developer. Is this your profession in in Europe? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I work as an iOS developer. That sounds really fun. <laughs> It isn't. Hi, <laughs> uh, man. I just want to begin this interview by giving everybody a little bit of context about you and how I know you. Uh, and what what it means for me that you are here today. Um, we met actually this year very recently because uh, you were promoting your book at a local cafe library here in, in Bogota. It's kind of like a local place whose purpose is to bind the community and to generate relationships. And you were talking about your book called Las Brisas del Brasil. And uh, earlier in the last season, I did a little bit of a recap of your other book, El Hijo del Muerto, um, because I, I thought it was interesting uh, to talk about when we were talking about books. Um, but I was super interested in your book because I was explaining to other people that I never really felt alienated from, from reading. I never felt like, oh, nobody's talking about me or my my culture or my my people, I never really felt foreign to the books that I read. Uh, but when I read your book, Brisas del Brasil, I felt so included and so part of the conversation that it was 
uh, it was a, a feeling of uh, comfort that I never expected from reading a book. Um, do you ever get that feedback from people that, that read your book? Um, how do you feel about it? Because it does have a very local tone. Uh, well, one of the advantages of living abroad is that I get to know a lot of people from uh, basically every background. So I have uh, friends from uh, Central America, uh, deeper South uh, America, uh, Spain, like uh, Spanish speakers from from all uh, from all the backgrounds. And this is a feedback that I get specifically from uh, Colombian people and specifically from uh, people who have lived in Bogota. So um, the book, uh, uh, for those who haven't read it, I hope that you get the chance sometime, but it's about a guy who's who's finishing up college in in Bogota and he's kind of like struggling with what to do with his life. And and in this context, like the 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 guy interacts a lot with the life in the city. So so he he uh, goes to different places like he talks about the weather in the city, about the mountains, about like so uh, I think that, uh, that there's some people who have told me that that the city is even like kind of a character in the book and that it places you physically there. So it's something very, very uh, like a feedback, like very specific to people who have interacted and lived in, uh, in Bogota. But also it goes like through the language that is being used. Like it is a very local Spanish, like it's very uh, Bogotanian and so yeah like you're not the first one to tell me this but it is something like that i don't get from people like from for example like i have friends from costa rica who have read the book from peru who have read the book from spain and they're like like yeah like it's very like bogotanian i i i can't express um really i can't put my finger on it what is the feeling that i get but it was so awesome because for example i was just reading a book and it was originally written in Italian, but translated to Spanish, but translated to the Spanish from Spain. So they had a lot of expressions that I was reading the book. You, you get it from the context because you kind of understand what's going on. But really, I have no idea or no connection to this expression. I've never said this expression. I've never uh, emoted this expression. But when you read something that is like, oh, this is the expression that we use for this particular feeling, that is very cool. Um, and you mentioned a few things that I did want to ask you about because I completely agree that uh, the city of Bogota becomes kind of a character in the book. Uh, it's not only uh, that you were very adept at embodying different personalities, attitudes, points of view, demeanors about life. I mean, you have characters in your book that I just felt so close to because, you know, you're, you're describing, for example, this super muscular guy who was really like kind of like a teddy bear inside, like very, very comforting individual, very approachable, very friendly and loving person, which the contrast of the physical appearance and, and his personality was very well described. But I feel like you did that not only with people or places like Bogota as well, um, but also attitudes about life. And I want to ask you about some of the themes because you talk about living and dying, family dynamics, friendships, relationships, relationship to yourself, your self-criticism and a lot of tension and emotion in the book. Um, but you mentioned 
the book is about a character who has just graduated college. Has this book anything to do with your life? Is there any parallels that you draw from that, or is it completely made up? Uh, d definitely, it like it, it has it uh, it is deeply connected to to myself. Um, so the the main character, like this narrator, uh, is like an alter ego of of myself. Like it's, it's uh, this guy who who finished uh, college and he doesn't know what like he wants to do and like he's unsure of things and and it's like about that moment in my life like I, I I wrote the book when I was about to turn 30 and it's about like this feeling that I had like around my early 20s when like you're like like you have like this next thing all the time in your life like you have to go to school and you have to finish school then you have to go to college and you have to finish college and then you have to get a job and but in that point like when you when you're out there like you have like a sense of freedom that feels more like a burden than like actual like an actual blessing so it's like like what am i what am i supposed to do with this freedom now and it's like <laughs> like it's very specific like to this feeling and it's like this like uh, and this character like uh, like what you were saying like um he kind of like he's kind of like hard on him or uh, on himself and he's also like kind of like lost and he's like looking uh, up to like what kind of person he wants to be and and definitely like it's like i tried to portray like how i felt once i finished college and the kind of lives that I, that i saw like everyone else was living that everyone felt like so sure about themselves yeah and like but you had to like dig like two centimeters deep and you would see that no one was as sure as they seemed so and, and maybe this, the, the, like the the idea that I had, like a bit behind the book, was that maybe people saw the narrator like that as well. Like, like this guy looks so sure, but at the same time, you were inside his head. So you had, like, as a reader, you had like this privilege of knowing, like, this guy is completely lost. <laughs> uh, and not only that, it's it, it's very. And I've seen you be this, which is why I asked if there's any parallel because I've I've seen you in interviews and and talk about your book and you're very much an open book and when I asked you before the interview hey is there something that we should avoid or talk about you're like no I want people to know um and I think the book is, is kind of like a testament to that because you you do get a tour through like the psyche the personal psyche of the person and the internal struggles and, and tension that they live through and it's almost like oh should I be in this person's head like but it's very self-reflective as well because it makes you think, what is my relationship to uh, success? Uh, this sense of feeling lost and this sense of freedom after college, but then also kind of like a struggle of, of making as an adult. All of this is very, very deep. You said you wrote it when you were about 30 years old, looking back, maybe at your early 20s. But even all of these topics are very... Mm, or a lack of a better word, mature and things that people think about. So let me turn this question around and say, uh, does that feeling of uh, feeling lost and having no idea what you're doing with your life uh, go away, do you think? <laughs> Where are you at now? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think it, like, it disappears, but I do think that... 
I don't think that it's entirely bad. Like, like mm-hmm. I think that that uh, you can adapt and see eventually that that freedom is not a blessing; it's a burden, but it's also a nice burden. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. also in the end, like what it is is it's it's freedom, and and you get to do what you want and do. And you're like uh, probably everyone feels the same. Mm-hmm. Like everyone, like when you when you get up in the morning and you are, are are overwhelmed by all the things that you can do, and then you choose to work. At least you can make that like conscious choice that you are choosing this life. And so I think that it doesn't go away, but it it does get better. Like you can feel your life, like every single moment of your life, and that is something of of deep beauty yeah that's something that i personally it it took me a a long time to accept for myself that you know nobody knows what they're doing nobody knows what they really really want very few people do and if they do it it's never a forever like this is what i'm gonna be forever and the quicker you come to terms with hey that's okay too let me figure it out and let me figure out this moment i think that gives you a certain well not necessarily peace but at least you're you're okay with the process um you mentioned also languages because you are in prague and so tell me your experience with with language and i have a very specific question about languages you said that you speak a variety of languages so i want to know like how you go about learning languages and like what what tips you would give to people and two because this happens to me do you think you have a different personality uh with <laughs> different languages <laughs> that is that is interesting i well i i i know someone uh like that like there's like this this idea that you have to uh, uh make your choices in a different language to like uh separate yourself from the emotionality of your native language or something like that um I think that well I, I, I'm currently learning Czech because I live in in Prague and Czech is is like the most different language I have tried in in my life and I I, I like it like it kind of like gives me a sense of purpose of being here and it's nice to talk to people outside and wait say something in Czech <laughs> uh like what like uh like uh I have a good dog. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, mom dobre hopsa. Oh yeah, and that's so different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, it's like it's completely different. But it also like uh, for me, it generates like this sense of discovery, and I think that uh, it connects me to like my inner child because it's like the sense of wonder or of something completely different. And I feel like actually like a child. Like I, I feel like I speak like a child. It, I'm like like. A dog there big <laughs> like in a very raw sense uh so i would say that i have a different personality but it is i think it is also associated with my own limitations like i don't think that i i can express myself better in 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 spanish which is my native language or english which is i would say my my best second language uh but it, it is associated with with the like with the limitations that i have like there are some things that i that i would rather say in in english because i learned them in english mm-hmm. so i'm limited in spanish to communicate them 
And yeah, it's yeah. kind of weird. So I would say that it is, but it's it's like more like it, it is defined like you know it's like it's like Jello. It's like I would actually trying to you know um, this year I set a goal for myself just to use my voice a little bit more for different purposes and um, we do some translation. So I was like trying to read out lists. Sometimes I have hard, I have a hard time reading and concentrating. So sometimes I read out loud to myself. And I was trying uh, for a few pages to read your book in Spanish, but um, kind of like simultaneously translate it into English. And because he had, does have a lot of like uh, colloquial language, it, it, was, it was a big challenge. It's like some of the ideas just like there's no words for it in, in English. And it was a big challenge. I like that. I like what yeah. you said. And it's very emotional, but like, uh, as I was telling you, like, I feel like it's more, it's like jello, like it's more defined by the shape that it kind of like takes because it's kind of like malleable. Uh -huh. It's not like you would say straightforward, like it's like this shape, like this is the limitation that I have. It's more like when you reach the boundary, you know, like there's something there, but you're yeah. not really sure on how to communicate that. Which, which, which other language did you learn? Like, which second language did you learn first? Did you learn English first and then other languages? Yep. Does it get uh, easier, do you think? Yes. Yes, but I, I think also that it, it gets easier if you don't let your curiosity die down. Like, mm -hmm. ev like every, every new language is a new language. It's a new adventure. It's like, I would say that, like, my, my biggest uh, advice for someone who's trying to learn languages is uh, first, and it's going to sound <laughs> like nonsense, but first you have to read 1984 by George Orwell. And oh. that gives you like a deep understanding of what language is. And then you can like do whatever you want. <laughs> like if you want to learn, I don't know, Swahili, then go do that. Because That's it, a great perspective. Yeah, because like, I, I don't know if, if you if you have read that book, but it's like, it's a deep analysis on on what language is meant to convey. So, uh, like, there's a point when one character in the book says, like, uh, you know, like, uh, if there is no word for freedom, how would you explain what it is? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's like something that deeply uh, marked me, and it's something that I still like. I read the book like more than ten years ago, and it's something that, like, I walk with that like every single day. Like, uh, there are some like. When you read about like this word in Danish, like hige, I don't know if you have heard about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This like, is like the enjoyment of the little thing. Yeah, it's and it's un it's untranslatable, and if, yeah, yeah. if you open the door to something like that existing in every language that you learn, then you can connect in a deeper sense than just like say like, okay, happy is this, sad is this. And it's more like about like what happy is and like what sad yeah, is yeah. in a deeper sense. And then you get to communicate it directly through like use the language as a more like an intuitive tool than as a mechanic tool. Ooh, I like that very much. And it's a topic that is quite deep. I, I like to study the, the way that the brain works and how we learn and how we develop. And one of the things that I heard um, that was kind of tied into into the 1984 theme is that our personality is very much shaped by the people, places, times, things, and events. All of these are kind of nouns in a language, things that you can sort of palpably describe. And the way that you describe something very much depends on your experience and your feelings about that thing, 
when you were developing that language, say that you were learning the, the word tree in Spanish as a baby, well, maybe you have a relationship with tree that's very much different to the tree when you were traveling in the U.S. and you saw, you know, like a, the, the feeling is different. And so you, you are accessing, you're operating from like a different part of your brain that didn't exist before. And that creates opportunity for people to just kind of develop this type of freedom to go to. Yeah. And, and it's effort. something like quite magical. Like if you, if you like kind of think about like the deep process, uh, under how language works, like you have like this deep idea, like this deep feeling that you want to communicate it. Like, for example, what you were saying, like a tree, but a tree is nothing. A tree is a word. And you have like a very specific idea of what you want to say, what you want to communicate. And you want to reflect like this, this feeling, this idea, this concept in the other person's mind. And it's like, if you look at that, it's like this kind of like magical world where, where we make like weird sounds that then like generate images in other people's heads or generate feelings in their hearts. And it's like, it's beautiful. Like I, I, I uh, deeply I love language. <laughs> I I think that ties in very well to the magical wor world that you created in, in this book, in Las Prisos del Brasil. I want to go back to that because there are, are parallels to it that I think are very, very much enticing for people. Um, one of the those aspects of, of creating this magical world, as, as I was saying before, you explore a variety of personalities in through the characters of the book, not only the main character, not only do we have access to what the main character was thinking or the way that that person is struggling with, with the interpretation of life, I guess. Um, but also we have access to the windows of uh, people that are almost the polar opposite of that character and operate with very, very much different personalities and ways of thinking. Is this similar to what we were talking about languages as, as a writer, do you have to change the, the way that you think about the world to be able to write from the perspective of a character is the polar opposite of another character, just to paint the picture, the main character, uh, overthinks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but the best friend of that character oftentimes is like, dude, just do it. Like, yeah, don't think about it. Yeah. Don't think about it. Just go, just whatever. Um, and it's kind of like a carefree. But later on in the book, we see that that person like really was struggling with a lot of emotions and kind of like went away to have his own like spiritual awakening. Um, yeah. How do you do that? How do you like move completely to a different personality? Uh, so that I think that that's like uh, kind of like the the trick of of the writer like uh it's 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 an artifice like i have to think about how that person would use language and then use like this this writing artifice to to simulate how like that would look like written because like there is something really that i find deeply beautiful about writing and it is that in the books no one talks like they talk in real life like like when yeah. we talk, we, we usually talk in circles or we don't mm -hmm. mean what we say or we don't say what we mean or, or like we use uh, or we don't words, say or we don't say anything or we communicate with like moving our hands or just like uh, like we we use 
much more than 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 verbal communication. Yeah. And when 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 I write, I I try to and I and I I think that it's the, uh, similar for other writers. Like we try to mimic that in in the text. So we try to use like like this uh, like he said this and then he moved his hands and he looked into my eyes and then, and then we try to mimic what that would like generate mm-hmm. and so like there are there are many many tools in the writer's uh, toolbox but one of the greatest is the artifice of dialogue and it is like it goes through what you were saying like i have to think i have to try to make the effort of of thinking how that person would communicate things how that person would use language and then I I try to just like feel it like like how would that person mm-hmm. try to say what I'm trying to get them to say? If you are feeling what that person feels, what that character feels, and you're trying to convey it that feeling in words, which is similar to the aspects that we were talking about before with language, do you think that then for a second you become that character? Oh, I, that's a very philosophical question. <laughs> I don't think I'm prepared to answer. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I tried to... Or like, another another way of asking that same question. Do you think that all these characters kind of live in a part of, of, of your brain or, or your psyche? I don't know. I think that I... Like, I, I try to approach my characters to, to people in the real life that I have met. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I, I try to to think what they would say to me in a scenario where like uh, where I'm putting them into and mm-hmm. and so I tried it's more like mimicking them than like compartmentalizing into my own head like inside my own head okay it's more like that I would say yeah okay 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 I like that I like that um <laughs> I have lots of uh philosophical questions because <laughs> Your book it, it is quite philosophical in a sense, and I guess this is this is um, one of my final questions. Um, there are greater themes, for example, which I think you you touched on beautifully, and one one of them is is death and our relationship to death. There's a character in the book that has cancer, and um, earlier in the earlier episode, we we're talking about uh, cancer research and. And, and with the researcher, we were marveling on the sense of curiosity about cancer because the way that cancer behaves when you study it, it is kind of beautiful in a sense. But I am sure that it's not beautiful for the person who has that or whose family member has that. Um, but you touched on it in a very beautiful way um, in which the character sort of has to grapple with, I have to enjoy my life. I have to tell others to enjoy their life, to not waste their opportunities. But also with the idea of like, I'm not going to be here forever. I can't grow roots here because I'm going to leave. And if I grow roots, that's unfair for me. That's unfair for the other people. And that's a lot of emotion to be had. Um, And it's kind of a a deep term, uh, a deep feeling, a deep theme. Um, where do you get the wisdom to touch on, on, on this sort of existential topics? Because it is a big, this is, death is one of the things that people sort of like don't like to look at. <laughs> uh, 
I don't know. I I think a lot about it. I think a lot in those terms. Like I'm a bit like as I was telling you. Like I'm a bit like the main character. I'm I'm a big overthinker, uh, and and I I love big questions, and I love uh, philosophy, and I love uh, history, and I love like a lot of things that I I would like. But I I there's there's this thing that that I got told like uh, many years ago. Uh, when I was like starting to write and it was like uh, when you don't get to read the book that you that only you can write then you go out and you write it and it's like um, and it kind of like wraps this whole conversation into into that like I wanted to feel connected to a story uh, like in which the city in which I grew up was like one of the main characters like in which like the topics about uh, which I think every day would take like a, a, a principled role in which uh, people with with whom like I'm I relate to are are in the main stage and it's like and it it, it is also done with the utmost freedom like we were talking uh-huh, before uh-huh. like it, like I think it wraps everything up like uh, I I do think about about things like this a lot and I do think about the big conversations that I have had with my friends and I think about how to communicate those those uh findings those like theoretical findings without uh like being boring to someone who's going to read them um so so yeah that's that's what i i try to do and i, I like I've, I've i've had the luck of having amazing friends who have uh helped me and assisted me in in all this like inner uh exploration and philosophical like uh uh, yeah, like I don't know, like analysis of of things, mm-hmm. and and this like what I write is is I, I I it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't had like the 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 nice conversations that I have had with my friends who are also like very different to me and w- like w- the pe- those are the people that I get to include in the book like like I imagine like, the real conversations also happened around uh, craft beer. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, that's a good, good facilitator of these philosophical yeah. questions. I love that. I'm very much um, like that. Uh, very introspective about these kind of existential kind of questions. So I, I, I want to just mention very quickly that people can basically find your book right now as, as a print version in three main bookstores in 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 Bogota, which are like Guachafita, which is in in the local neighborhood where I live currently, and La Surtidora Cultural, as well as El Alef. But you have planned to have an online version, maybe in Amazon, maybe in one of these online um, bookstores. Um, so just make sure to follow uh, Jaime in J Lopez dot autor and i'm gonna leave the link in the description of the episode so people can follow news and follow your book and and get into these philosophical terms and have a really good time i think it was a really easy book to read uh, because it just flows it's something that you want to know what happens next uh, you want to you want to be part of these uh, people's lives i think um so i just wanted to conclude this uh wonderful uh, moment that I've had with you and that we've had with you uh, by asking you 
<laughs> where are you at now? What's next for you? Like, what's your wildest dream or, 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 or what's the topic that you're overthinking at the moment? <laughs> uh, I'm, well, I, I want to, there's a book I, I want to write. Like my wildest dream is to write another book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm working on something. And the topic that I'm overthinking right now is about love and, and like it, like in, in a more like a, a more like a philosophical approach. Like I would say like this, this book, Las Brisas del Brasil is, is like a philosophical approach on, on friendship and growing up. And my other book, uh, it's called uh, El Hijo del Muerto. And that one is about like family relations and how like they define the person that we are mm -hmm. and I would say like my next one is about like or what I want it to be I don't know like I, I never know what is going to be <laughs> out at the other side it's it's um, a bit more about like how uh, sentimental relationships also build the kind of life that we have and also yeah. make us grow up and like there's a lot of, of philosophical questions uh, under that like like, uh, do we become what we love? Do like, does it change us? How much freedom do we have there? Um, how far are you willing to go? And uh, so uh, that's the kind of things that I, I want to to think about right now, or that I'm already thinking about. Um, and yeah, maybe go to next year's uh, book fair again, but with a new book. That would be okay. awesome. I don't have wild dreams. <laughs> Well, that's a wild dream, and I think um, I'm both looking forward to to that, and I'm thrilled about you know uh, reading a new book, and I'm also a little scared <laughs> because uh, they do touch on these like deep topics that make you self reflect. Now I don't know if I'm ready. Like I had to take a little break between the books and see like okay, I need a little bit of uh, respite. Um, <laughs> I miss. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for your time. I wish you all the success in the world with your next book or whatever endeavor you, you choose in your software developer profession and life in general. And I hope you learn more languages and discover life and continue to enjoy it. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs>